This episode of the Butte Industry Podcast was brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Hello and welcome to the Butte Industry Podcast, your online support community for the professional beauty industry. I am your host, founding director of Butte Industry, Tamara Reed. Here, we are closing the competitive gap and speaking your language. This is a platform created and dedicated to the professional beauty industry, valuing community over competition. We serve to help connect you with inspiration from industry experts, expand your knowledge through educational pieces, and bring you the latest in product and technology innovation. This is Beauty Industry. Today, my guest is Lana Tarek from Lana Tarek Eyebrow Specialist. Lana is renowned as one of Australia's leading eyebrow specialists and qualified brow trainers in the professional aesthetic and beauty industry. Studying her career in a home salon, Lana has worked her way through the many challenges of startup business and has scaled up into an internationally sought after service for her clients abroad. With over 10 years experience and now expert in the field, Lana is dedicating her career to the art and geometrics of eyebrow shaping. A humble soul, Lana shares with us today how she's modelled her business from a core set of values, the emphasis she places on team development, and how she's navigated the changes of the beauty industry in the last decade. Here's Lana and I for Beauty Industry. Lana, welcome to the Beauty Industry podcast. Hi, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining me today. No worries. So Lana, um, we're going to find out today all about your career and, you know, you're such a name in our industry that I'm excited to have this chat. But where we start with every single one of our guests is all the way back at the beginning of the industry and how they came in. So I want to know from you, what made you join the aesthetic and beauty industry? Um, so I've always had a passion for beauty from a very young age, um, but I didn't really, um, I didn't plan on being in the beauty industry. So I kind of just fell into it by chance. Um, I was at uni studying, um, and then it wasn't up until when I had, um, when I had fallen pregnant, deferred my studies that I, I um, studied beauty and started my business. So it was all by chance. Brilliant. Sometimes those chances are just the best thing that can happen to us, aren't they? Yeah, they are. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, did you go straight into studying a diploma of beauty therapy or how did you actually enter there? Yeah, so um, when I actually started doing brows from a very young age, so I was doing all my friends' brows on the basketball court while they were laying in my lap. Um, My mum actually used to do brows too. Um, So I've always had a knack for brow sculpting from a very young age. Um, But when I started my business, that's when I realised I actually needed to do like a certificate three in beauty um, to, you know, make sure that I know how to use wax and how to actually like sculpt brows um, as a professional beauty therapist. So um, just before I established my business, um, that's what I had to do to kind of get it um, going. 
Yeah, cool. So you came straight out of that certificate and then went straight into pretty much business ownership, right? Yes. <laughs> That's pretty daunting at such a young age. Yeah, I was actually, yeah, about 20 at that, at that time, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And so you started your brow business um, from home. What did that look like back then? Because obviously home businesses have come such a long way. Yeah. um, Completely different to what my salon looks like now. Um, I had a little tiny corner, Um, you know, I had a beauty bed, a chair and, you know, a small little table. It was very, very basic, very simple. Um, but it worked and um, I don't regret it at all. Um, I'm glad I started that way and I'm glad I did grow slowly. Um, but, yeah, it was completely different to what um, my, my business looks like now. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever feel, I guess sometimes as therapists we, uh, you know, we feel like we're the best at our craft and the best at, you know, doing brows or lashes or treatments or whatever, and then we go, I want to own my own business, and then we get there and we go, oh, my goodness, this is so much more difficult than I thought. I know I need to know the finances. I need to know the marketing. How did you kind of navigate going from doing the trade to then being a business owner? Um, that w- it, it was hard, I'm not going to lie, um, because I was just, you know, working on my craft rather than, um, you know, expanding my skills as a business owner. So, I, But then again, like when I started, I didn't anticipate that my business would grow, you know, and I never had that, um, I never had that, that real big goal it just I just kind of fell into it it was all by chance so when it was happening slowly I realized that oh okay so we're going to need to have a accountant and then a bookkeeper okay I probably need a business coach or I might need you know and then slowly as your business um, evolves you realize that you need to delegate certain tasks Um, you know I'm not a jack of all trades. I can't be everything all at once, um, but it's about being organized and realizing that your business needs certain um, professionals to make it run efficiently. Yeah, for sure. And I love how you're talking about that slow growth. I think these days with the likes of Instagram and social media, there's a lot of comparison and, you know, people are seeing people like yourself, you know, being this beautiful, successful business owner, and they want to go straight from school or college into being this success. And it's like, no, no, that took years and years of slow growth to get there. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. No, absolutely not. And if it does happen overnight, it probably will crash very soon. So um, I just believe that if something blooms very slowly, it will last longer. Um, And yeah, if you are rushing for it to kind of be a success. So so quickly, chances are that it won't last very long. Mm, yeah, good advice. Now, as I mentioned, you did start in your home, but you're now in a commercial space. Yes. Um, there was that slow growth, but at what point did you go, okay, I now need to move this into a commercial space and I need to get out of my home because this is kind of turning into a bit of a machine? <laughs> um, I guess I realized that I needed to move my, like separate my business away from home when I had like women just showing up at random hours in the evening 
for an appointment, um, you know, and having like children and a family at that time, um, it was a bit, I had to draw the line mm. um, on, in a way I was happy, but in a way I was like, okay, we need to actually do something about this. So that's when I started to actively look for a commercial space um, and uh, fit out our, my first brush studio. Yeah, so cool. I hear a lot of that um, conversation in our community, especially with home businesses or home studios of like, how do I balance my time, you know, because you're at home. So it's so easy to just say, I'll just quickly do this, you know, in the middle of cooking dinner or whatever with my work. But then it's like, no, no, you really need to kind of draw that line. I'm going to work between these hours and these hours. And this is what home looks like. Did you ever struggle with that balance of like switching off? I did. And because you're working, because you live in your work environment, it's very hard to switch off, even even if you're not doing treatments, even if you're not physically doing the tasks. Um, So subconsciously, I found that I was always working, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But once we did separate business from, from home, I was able to switch off and not actually um, and enjoy, you know, like family time, um, cooking and, you know, the things that you want to do when you're uh, outside of work. Yeah, for sure. I want to know, you started Browse in 2014 and, um, you know, now in 2021, there's a lot that has changed, right? How have you kind of navigated, I guess, keeping up with the trends and then the likes of the Instagram people on Browse and the YouTube and, you know, clients DIYing from home and people coming in who haven't studied and now they're an expert. I mean, there's a lot there. How have you kind of changed and molded your business in that time? Um, So, when I started doing brows back in 2014, I was one of the very few to start microblading. So there wasn't really, um, there's probably like two or three other artists in Australia that were providing that service. Um, you know, the, the demand was there and I definitely did find a gap in the market. Um, however, after doing several like, courses abroad and um, even in Australia, like short courses to upskill, I realised that, you know, we were lacking professional courses for brows, um, ones that are in-depth. So that's when I actually um, decided that I wanted to change the brow industry in Australia and um, launch my first course and launch my brow academy. Um, So when I did that, I felt that you know, we had a lot of um, new up-and-coming eyebrow artists entering the industry. Um, and then shortly after that, my competitors also launched their own academies too. So I guess it did, in a way, help the industry um, because now we have a lot more brow artists in Australia, um, which is good um, in a way, yeah. After the break, Lana talks to team, personal branding and lessons in between. But first, a word from today's beauty partner. Forest empowers salons, spas and aesthetic businesses to manage, market and grow their business, not just through innovation in technology, but also through personal growth, mentoring and support. 
Forrest believes it's the human touch that is at the heart of the salon community. That is why it's the only software provider to have a personal success manager connected to every business and a dedication to being the partner that helps salon owners achieve their dreams. With unlimited support, online training, and one of the most sophisticated marketing suites in the industry, Forest's cloud-based point-of-sale solution is there to support you to take your business to the next level. As a special listener of the Beauty Industry Podcast, Forrest is providing you access to 50% off your setup fee, which includes data migration and unlimited bespoke training, aka they're going to move all of your client details for you, as well as giving you 50% off the fee and custom training. To snap up this very special offer, click through the show notes to book your consultation with the team at Forrest today. Thank you so much to the team at Forest Salon Software for making this episode of the Beauty Industry Podcast possible. And now back to Lana. I think it's one thing for people to sit back and see the foresight of, you know, education and then developing courses and things that we're going to need here in Australia, but it's another for somebody to actually go out and create an academy and to build a whole course. Um, What made you actually want to do it rather than just, you know, having that dream? Um, I guess like when I was doing courses, I found that, you know, each course was good, um, but it didn't contain everything that um, a beginner would want to know or need to know. So when I was developing my first course um, in Brow Academy, I just wanted to basically uh, write a course um, that had that contains everything a beginner um, brow artist needs to know. So, um, you know, trying to put everything like in my brain into a manual um, just so they have a better learning experience. Yeah, I bet some of the feedback from your students has been pretty fantastic if they can kind of pick Lana Tarek's brain for, you know, a day or two. <laughs> yeah, like they they do. And I'm really grateful. We've had some amazing, taught over hundreds, like hundreds and hundreds of students and they've all been so great and some are really successful too, which I'm so happy and proud. Um, but, yeah, I guess passing on my method has been really rewarding um and yeah we just can't wait to like take our academy to the next level and do online courses as well soon yes so needed during COVID um I'm wondering then how much creativity comes into play when you are creating a set of brows versus like the actual skill and technique do you think everybody can do brows or do you think that it's something that you've kind of got it or you don't yeah so look um at the end of the day I wasn't born microblading, okay, I wasn't gifted. It's not a talent. It's a skill that you need to learn. Um, There is a particular method. It's a procedure. However, I feel that certain, with, with craft, you really do need an eye for detail, okay, Um, because if you do, it really does set your work apart from those who don't. So um, with my with my work, I like to I like to revolve around the golden ratio. So when I'm creating brow shaping, um, I like to incorporate that into the way I shape brows. 
just so it looks aesthetically pleasing to the eye. Um, and with that being said, I also like to mimic uh, natural hairs when I'm creating my strokes. So um, these are all ways that I like to implement creativity when doing brows. Um, it's not just picking up a blade, using some pigment and just doing strokes through the brow. You really do need to have an eye for detail. Um, and this can come slowly, um, you know, uh, if you practice. Um, but some people are born with it. Um, but you can also nurture and develop your creativity too. Mm, yeah, that's a great answer. And I guess it's how much time, A, you spend on, yeah. you know, developing the passion. Again, it's not going to happen overnight, but then how passionate you are. Because I think these days, you know, there's a lot of therapists who go, there's potentially a lot of money in cosmetic tattooing. And, you know, we've even seen it being asked in our community, you know, is it a profitable service? And people go, yeah. oh, you know, it's, I can charge, you know, 1,500, 2,000, 3,000 for brows. I just want to make the money. But I guess if you don't have that purpose and that drive and that passion behind the skill, well, then there's kind of no point, right? That's right. Mm. I want to ask you because I found it really interesting when um, listening to other people talk about yourself and your business and your brand. Some of the things that they frequently said was like your values in terms of your business and your academy. And when I went on the website, I saw those values and I'm a huge value person and we do a lot of value work in our business. And so I just want to call them out expertise, quality, customer service, inclusivity, and professionalism. Um, how did you come to a land on those brand values for yourself and your business and your team? And then how much do they influence like what you do on a daily basis? Yeah. So um, basically well, I found that with business as a leader, as an employer, um, your values will basically be your company values. So after I realized well, my personal values, are, what my personal beliefs are, I knew that that would be what my business would also reflect too. Um, I, I like to incorporate these values and my staff as well um, daily in the salon and even in the academy, um, you know, from the moment a client walks into the moment they walk out. Um, we provide our expertise constantly um, and provide quality at all times. You know, even if they're coming in for like a 20-minute eyebrow wax, we want to ensure that they feel like we're providing, um, you know, top-tier service by shaping and measuring up their brows. Um, so it's really important that you do, uh, um, you, you personally believe in your, in your company values and that's, um, I guess, I find that really helps with having the whole team and all the staff believe in that too. And that's what basically creates a really good uh, workplace culture. So um, we like to implement our values every single day um, with all our clients and amongst each other. Yes. You're speaking all my language with the words leader and culture. And I love that you didn't say boss or manager. Have you done any kind of leadership training yourself to get you there? No, I actually haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Natural leader. Yeah. But I think it's really important to, um, to, to see yourself as a leader because as an employer, you are a leader. 
your staff do look up to you and you have to present well and um, speak their language too um, and resonate with them and connect with them. So it's really important in the workplace. Absolutely. Do you do much work on, uh, you know, team culture or team development or personal and professional development for your team? Yes. Um, so every week we'll have like a, um, a brainstorming session. We don't like to call it a meeting so much. Um, and that's where we we'll like make suggestions, talk about like things in the salon that we um, want to implement or change. Um, and as well as that, every quarter we have like a bonding outing where all the staff will get together and we will either, you know, like have a dinner or go out for drinks or whatever it may be, just so we can all connect with each other. And as well as that, once a month, I'll have like a one-on-one um, meeting with each staff member to see how they're going, um, how, you know, um, what they'd like to improve on uh, and how we can make that happen. Yeah, I love that. I think, um, you know, something that business owners ask me is, Tamara, I want to be really transparent and open and honest with my team, but where's that fine line? You know, where is it being like, how much do I tell them? Do you have any kind of metrics or qualifiers around, okay, I want to be friends with my team, but also I have to be professional because at the end of the day, you know, I'm running a business. Yeah, I guess I, I, I understand. It's a hard one. Look, at the end of the day, you you can't you you have to be close with your staff. You have to be. Um, that's the only way you can have a really good relationship with them. Um, but that's that's a really hard question. <laughs> I guess it's kind of dependent, isn't there? Like it's, you know, you can go out and have a wine, but then it's like, you know, don't stay until 3 (laughs) a.m. Yeah, at the end of the day, you have to keep it professional. You have to know your boundaries, um, you know, and you have to just, you know, you just have to um, make sure that you're not crossing that line and, you know, you're just improving the work relationship as much as you can. Yeah, about getting too personal absolutely and speaking about team I think that's one of the biggest challenges is um you know for leaders and business owners what are some of the challenges that you've faced and you've overcome thus far um I guess one of the biggest challenges would have been patience I guess for me um sometimes when you want something, you want it right there and right there and then. Um, but I guess over the years, I've realized that business um, business fluctuates. So, you know, you're going to have your highs, you're going to have your lows. When it rains, it really pours. Um, and sometimes it's sunny for, for, for a while. So um, understanding that not giving up, uh, persevering and just, um, you know, Having, um, having that drive uh, is really important. And the, I, I learned the hard way, um, but now I'm, I've realised that, you know, it's just how it is. It just goes up and down and you just have to adjust and um, you, can't, um, you can't expect anything overnight, definitely not, um, and hard work does pay off. 
Yeah, absolutely. I want to ask you because you've drummed up quite a bit of um, press for yourself in terms of, you know, brand awareness and you've got this beautiful name and um, obviously quite a presence. How much importance do you place on personal branding and kind of getting yourself out there? Uh, In my case, I feel like it's really important that I do have, um, you know, substantial personal branding. Um, I am the face of my brand. So I know that um, consumers want to see uh, the brains behind business um, and they want to know more about myself and my journey, um, especially females. Um, So I feel like, yeah, we, um, when we do do any sort of press, it's great for me to um, be speaking for the business and for my team as well. Um, because it really does help with getting with empowering women and getting um, consumers to understand and connect with the brand. Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people in our audience and our industry are quite shy about speaking about themselves, you know, and they're like, oh, I just want to speak about the business. I don't want to speak about me. Do you have any kind of tips or tricks in, you know, did you overcome that yourself or have you always been, you know, pretty confident to speak about yourself in the business? Uh, look, initially I was a little bit shy, but then slow, like slowly after I realised that it, with my brand, um, and it could be the case with other brands as well, um, if you are the face of your brand, you need to. It's essential. It really is. So, um, you know, uh, having giving, giving yourself that confidence by um, doing daily affirmations, um, you know, believing in yourself will really help, I guess, um, and will assist you when, um, when, you're doing, uh, when you're doing some sort of like press or um, interviews or whatever it may be. Yeah, beautiful. And I'm wondering, um, just to finish up, if you have any advice for either people who aren't in the industry yet, or maybe, you know, people who are at home and they're wanting to move into that commercial space, or, um, you know, even people who are wanting to increase their own personal brand, anything that you've found along the way that you want to share, you know, your musings, and so that they don't have to go through those challenging times, and they can take your advice and, you know, put it to work. Yeah, I guess, um, not not putting too much pressure on yourself um, and being really organised and planning everything out is very important. Um, I find that things will always fall into place um, if they're meant to. Um, but the most you can do is just, you know, have, have a plan, um, forecast the business, do your numbers, ensure that it is prof- uh, it will be profitable for you um, and that you're not um, you're not diving in too quick too deep mm. yeah. yes that's a good one otherwise you get there and then you're like oh my goodness so overwhelmed right absolutely so um, yeah just preparing yourself and not putting yourself under pressure Gorgeous. Lana, you have been so sweet to talk to. Thank you so much for um, being so open and honest with us today. I'm sure people have taken away loads of little magic in there. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. I just love a story that starts with humble beginnings and ends up in flashlights. 
The qualities of hard work, persistence and gratitude all stand out to me when Lana talks, which is exactly why she's been able to reach the level of success that she has. These days, it can be difficult to see that people are killing it on social media and wonder why you or your business maybe hasn't achieved the same level of success. But let me tell you one thing, it's not going to happen overnight, which is what we've heard today. But with passion and dedication combined with self-belief and the support of the right people around you, I guarantee you it will happen. Just hang in there. If you're interested in seeing some of Lana and the team's recent work, you can go follow them over on the gram at Lana Tarek Browse. And if you liked what you heard and want to train with Lana, you can do so by taking a look at their courses at Lana Tarek Brow Academy. That's all from us. Thank you so much for your support and for tuning in week after week. Until next time, stay connected.